everyone, and welcome to Downtime with John and Emily, the how-to podcast by siblings who don't know anything. I'm your co-host, John Downey. And I, unfortunately, am not Emily Downey, despite how much I have often wanted to be. Oh, don't, don't, well, I was going to say don't say that, like, un- don't say that, unfortunately, that you're not, Emily. You're, you're, you're a great, you're a great person and a great co-host and a great stand-in, and I'm happy that you're here. Thank you for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. My name also, by the way, is Taylor. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> thank you so Long much for time. having me on again. I appreciate being on. Thank you for thank you for filling in. Emily's life is very hectic right now. Um, yeah. so she's she's got a lot on on the docket. And so Taylor's Taylor's filling in. Do you know who else had a busy life um, that was perhaps at some points underappreciated, John? Hmm. Who, who Kristen, would that be? Kristen Bouchard. Do you okay. happen to know who that is? No, not an inkling. Kristen Bouchard was the county clerk, the only one in a small town in Maine, the name of which is Passadumkeag, uh, which is okay. know, somewhere near Banger. But okay. After, <laughs> I just got this random news alert for like this local political story in a state that's like 10 miles, 10 states away from me. And yeah. it was because like, her vacation got denied. Uh, she put it in like two months in advance. She wanted to take a two week vacation and they, I don't know, whoever the powers that be city council or whatever denied it. So she quit, which rendered that entire town unable to perform any of its municipal functions. Holy shit. She was the only clerk. <laughs> so That's incredible. She... That's yeah, so much power that they did not <laughs> realize that she had to like, to wield over them. Yeah. What a baller. Absolutely. Kristen Bouchard, obviously you're listening because um, you're now on the best vacation ever. Um, but, no, I thought it was super funny because you know, as the story goes on, you realize like, oh, this is a town of 300 people, whatever, um, you know, that all the municipal functions are part time only. But it was still like she wanted a vacation. You guys could have just now you guys don't have a courthouse that. Functions. Right. Like, you just, you they, just can't do any of your legal functions anymore. As a town, what, what people are having to do is like call ahead, like, "Hey, I've got some taxes to pay. Can I come to the courthouse? Is someone going to be there to meet me there?" <laughs> so, that's the situation that American hero Kristen Bouchard, that workers' is, rights. It's the only that is like the biggest thing that I think we all like are really hoping deep down that we're that we've been able to achieve at our at our work. It's like I, that's that's my goal is to be completely indispensable where I like not to take advantage of it because I I also don't want to be working in a place that I want to take advantage of like I want to if if I'm working at a place I want to be in, invested in the well being yeah, of the thing because yeah, yeah, otherwise course, why are you course. there um not necessarily people have to work jobs and some people have to work for people they don't want to but that's not the ideal situation you know so but you want to be able to go to them and say like hey. I kind of need this thing. And then they kind of have no choice. Like in an unspoken sort of way, they kind of have yeah. no choice to deny you. Cause what are they going to do without I love, you? I love, I'm, so, I, I'm always for union rights. And I know your mom studied like union law in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my, I grew up in a big union person. My grandpa was like a line worker at the Ford motor company for his entire life. So Whoa. like always pro union. And I love the responses, especially like, recently um amazon is obviously the biggest culprit but they're like hey don't don't join unions unions aren't cool don't mind the fact that we're spending like 250 million dollars on a targeted anti-union campaign please don't join it for no reason for no reason we just you know they're bad for you please don't join it we yeah we're spending all of this money to keep you safe and make sure that you're not paying dues (laughs) yep there was a there's a really good example uh direct tv it was like 50 employees this is in the 90s. There was like 50 employees, 50 employees that wanted to unionize. And they spent something like an absurd number of millions of dollars to stop it. And the rationale on the corporate side was like, no, 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 no. 50 employees unionizing might not cause cost us that much money. But it sets a precedent of yeah, like right. collective organization, which will eventually mean we'll have to pay people, which cuts into our bottom yeah, line. So fuck they, yeah. Like, saw Cut that, into like, that bottom line. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, DirecTV to this day is still not unionized because they oh? spent trillions of bazillions of dollars 
you know, compared to, I don't know, the 25 cents at Kinko's per copy that they were, that the union organizers were spending. <laughs> did or, they, I have uh, no idea how organized that uh, that movement was, but yeah. Did they ever take out that extra T in the direct TV? How much money do they spend on that? Oh, is it like it's not direct TV? It's, I don't. Yeah, it's just direct I would TV. have to look it up, and I kind of refuse to do that at this point in time. I, I want to believe that it's direct V. Direct, direct TV. Direct TV. Direct TV. <laughs> not direct TV. <laughs> no. I don't want to say all that. God, I've got a bad habit. So when I speak and there are double T's, I always do the double T. And, you always you know, stop like, it's and, fine for, and do it. Yeah, I mean, it's fine in um, in speech, but it, it's when I'm not paying attention, I'll do it when I'm singing, too, and it's too many T sounds that are happening <laughs> at once. So, like, direct TV. Because <laughs> you work in a choir now. You have a, a position I in do. a church choir now, which is awesome. Yeah, I, but that's like somebody, some choir director would be like, uh, uh, excuse me, hang on, who's throwing extra T's in there? Can we, uh, can we cut back on the T's, like, please? And direct <laughs> Who did it? Who did it? I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> A cacophony of cockroaches clicking around. <laughs> no, but it feels great. I love being in a choir again. It's been a while since I've used my voice in any any you know professional capacity or any yeah. organized intentional capacity. So this is great. It's super fun. Um, it's just yeah, like I, I mean, it. you and I. I mean, we've been we've been singing. We sang together a lot in high school for years. It's, it yeah. was always just super fun. It's like going, especially being able to be paid for it. It's like it's fun to just be able to go do that, but also to to be on payroll for it is really awesome. It's just very yeah. fun. Great opportunity to stretch down. They have me as the bass section leader, so I'm like. <laughs> practicing every day to that low f uh minimum and i hit a low d like d2 the other day like, that was oh uh, that was awesome so like yeah cool don't warm up before you go that's right how you get those low notes you know? <laughs> but it's been nice to stretch down um where frankly like my natural speaking voice really does sit uh, like i've been speaking higher than that for years you know for a variety yeah. of reasons you know i'm a big guy i don't want to be intimidating i sang tenor for years and like right. kept it up there but it it's such a that's another thing i appreciate about singing and it really does bring your voice like um uh, depending on how you're using it you know you get used to you get used to where it's supposed to be again so right it feels well, also nice. so you could you could also do harm like you were you were capable of doing harmony you had a good enough ear to do that it's kind of like oh so uh, immediately tenor part so yeah. immediately tenor part <laughs> because if you're it's the same thing as women's parts if you're a soprano who can kind of stretch to some low notes and you can actually like sing a harmony without getting completely tripped up by the melody you're in you're actually an alto um you're you're yep. gonna be forced to be an alto and it's gonna ruin your voice and we're not sorry <laughs> <laughs> I know. but uh you know, blessed are those who are the contralto though like uh, like a natural yep. beautiful like opal tone uh i've heard a few you know you know a couple in my life and they are it's wonderful to like have that actual alto instead yep. of like i was the worst guitarist in the band so now i'm the bass player sort of way of becoming an alto <laughs> <laughs> so what we what are we talking about today i think now correct me if i'm wrong that we are talking about locking some nuzz Lock oh, jesus locking down some sweet sweet nuzzin baby so I, I need your nuzzin <laughs> i mentioned this on last week's episode uh to part the curtain a bit last week's episode was recorded yesterday um, so this back, basically back to back episodes. Uh, so I'm not any further along in my, in my run as I was yesterday or in last week's episode, but we, we have been doing a lot of Nuzlocks, uh, in the outlaws network discord, uh, which if you're not a part of, by the way, there is a link tree to all of the outlaws network stuff in the description of this episode and every episode of, of downtime with John and Emily. Um, so go ahead and click that. If you have any interest in joining our discord, it's super fun. There's people hanging out in there all the time. Uh, and since we've been on this like Pokemon Nuzlocke train, uh, there's, I I've been in like the little streaming, uh, area of the discord. I haven't been streaming it to Twitch, but I have been streaming my Nuzlocke basically uh ever since like the third gym of this run i've been streaming almost every second of it to the discord so if you don't know what a nuzlocke is you're not sure if you're interested in in it 
uh, listen to the rest of this episode to see if that's interesting. But if you know what it is, uh, and that sounds like something you'd want to hop on, hop in the Discord. Uh, and there's also chat rooms in there to like talk about the different shows on the network uh, and all the different stuff, places to share memes, all all sorts of fun shit. We have a... Uh, so we, we should probably get into, like, what a Nuzlocke is. Yeah, I was about to say, John, like, you know, despite this wonderful burgeoning um, and yeah, just great community, but pray, what is a <laughs> Nuzlocke? <laughs> so a Nuzlocke uh, is a, a Pokemon challenge run, basically. it's It was something that somebody created. It was a huge, huge Pokemon fan, I think, when he was in college. Um, he was a huge Pokemon fan, loved Pokemon Ruby, picked up Pokemon Ruby and started playing it and realized like, Hey, this is really easy. And I like, it's they kind of become, children's games. Yeah. It's become mundane and I love the game, but it's just too easy. And I always end up building the same team just cause like, I'm always going to build the best team that I can because it'll get me through the game the fastest and whatever. So he came up with a rule set. Uh, it's basically self-imposed rules. Like these are not. Uh, these are not rules within the game that it, that the game is going to keep track of for you. Pokemon has not recognized the Nuzlocke run as being an official product of theirs, <laughs> so they're not going to program that in. So these are all self-imposed rules to your Pokemon games, but he came up with a rule set just to make Pokemon games harder. So the first one is that if a Pokemon faints, this is the most important thing, uh, is that if a Pokemon faints at any point in time, that Pokemon is considered dead and you have to go to the PC and release it. Uh, there's been some variation yep. on that rule um, where like you can keep it in your box as like a graveyard box. Uh, and then so you can go back and visit all of your friends that have have passed away <laughs> in your run. <laughs> um, but I, I am a proponent of of releasing them. Uh, I think it negates, honestly, for me, I think it just gets rid of any temptation <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to just rip the it, bandaid off. And um, I, I do, I do like it because they talk about Pokemon death as early as gen one. Like you have to visit Lavender Town, which is yeah. just like the, the crypt of past Pokemon. So it's nice to like they, introduce that. They <laughs> fully face death as a concept in this oh, yeah. children's game released in 1995. Yo, back in the day, it was way uh, no ninety six uh, for red and green, and then the international release was re released as red and blue with some updates. Ninety eight, maybe ninety nine in Europe, um, and then yeah, two thousand was crystal and uh, as a gold yeah. and silver, and then ruby sapphire was two thousand three, I think two thousand two, two thousand three, and then two thousand four, yeah. fire red leaf green, two thousand five, Pokemon Emerald. Hell yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. Gen four, what do you got? Oh my god, I have no <laughs> idea. Those are the ones that I know the best. <laughs> Sorry, like again, like this is such a, a wonderful uh, confluence of interests for me because like yeah. I used to run run a retro video game store. I used, you know, I love like doing this all together, especially on the Discord. Like, f what are each other's rule sets? Our self imposed rules that make these games yeah. a lot more challenging now that we're adults and like want to not find new hobbies. <laughs> like, just right? To, you know, keep it's like I the love same hobbies better, and that that's really why I'm doing this too. It's like I I love Pokemon, and this is just a way to make Pokemon games like interesting and more engaging now that I am an adult. It's like the I can other... still keep, I can continue shilling for this company, even though I'm not actually that interested in their base games anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the other rule I really like, and I think a very standard one in most Nuzlocke's is you have to nickname every Pokemon. So yes. it's gotta be personal. I actually like... don't think that that was an original rule. It's just something that like gained so much traction. That was like, a mainstay of the rule set, no matter who was doing it, they always followed that rule. Like, I don't think mm -hmm. the person who started it made that rule. I think I think he just started out with... So the other main rule that's actually set in stone is the first, the first Pokemon you encounter in any route. Like, the first time you encounter a Pokemon in any given route, that is the only Pokemon that you are allowed to catch in that yeah. route until you get to another area and you can get another first encounter, um, which really that's an extremely cool rule that really keeps the, it keeps the game very interesting in that like, okay, the, the types of Pokemon that you're going to end up using in your run are very, very different than what they would otherwise be like to use gen three as an example in one of the very early areas, there's like a 5% chance to encounter a really, really strong psychic type Pokemon. But obviously it's a 5%, either a 5 or a 4% encounter in that area. And uh, 
I mean, the odds of that being the first Pokemon that you encounter in the route are very, very low. So in a normal run, you could just run around and encounter things until you get one of these things uh, and then catch it. And that's part of your team. But this this rule set does not allow for that. You're only allowed to catch the first Pokemon. uh, And then if it ever dies, it's dead. And you're not allowed to go back to that route to catch a new Pokemon. You'll have to get a new route and then a new encounter uh, and... It's the, the, those two are the main constraints. Then the, yeah. the nicknaming rule was like sort of a, it just, it just you became, it. it became a rule over time because people like, I think obviously nicknaming is a main function of the Pokemon series, but I think people realized that it made the deaths harder more. to handle. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause you, you get more connected to them if they have a cute, fun name. You you it hurts even more to let them go. Well, you can see it just uh like John, uh, myself, and Jorge from mm-hmm. uh, who uh, is the game master of Outlaws and Old Ones yeah. are all playing our separate Nuzlocks, and you can hear how much we want to narrativize like what's happened. Yeah. Like each time we're we're taking the journey, and the journey ends. You know, if we if we can't beat it, and we have to go back to the beginning, because that's the thing. You're gonna be doing this a few times. Um, Yes, because yeah, you're using Pokemon that are usually you don't use. You can't. It's a, it was a zero sum, uh, sorry, not zero sum, but zero tolerance for like any mess ups. You know that Pokemon's out. So oh, yeah, yeah you, there you hit a point like either I'm entirely out of Pokemon and I have to quit this game, or I have nothing but those crap Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> that I caught because I had to catch the first one on each route. So like, game is pretty much done. But you can like each one is this fun adventure that we're filling each other in on or watching each other play, and so it's been a lot of fun. Back yeah, and forth. it's very cool. And it does. I think it naturally lends itself to narrative because you have yeah. you have these encounters. It's like every encounter you have is a fateful encounter, you know, like every every single first encounter on a route is a fateful encounter. And any any loss hits so hard because like you you this is the one Pokemon that you're allowed to put energy and time into for that route. So you like there's an there's a an added sort of importance there. Um, and it does, it, it makes it so you can lose a Pokemon game. That's, that's just not like that concept is so foreign because it, it's, I mean, Pokemon games are, are very easy. You go and you beat your head against a gym fight until you're able to win it. Like odds are you're probably get it the first time with some, with a little bit of struggling, uh, or you go back again and you gain some experience from fighting it the first time. And so it's a little bit easier every attempt. Uh, but that's just not the case with this. You have to do it right the first time, uh, or else, or else you're gonna lose Pokemon. It's gonna get harder every single time because then you have to go back and grind up more Pokemon to get them back up to the level that you wanted to go into the gym fight with, and and so on and so forth. So the difference is with the Nuzlocks that we have been doing, and I don't know if we even need to talk about these because this is a whole other level of just. Uh, I guess like masochism. I don't. I don't know what you'd call it. Well, but it's just, we talked about how it's variable rule sets. So you and I are yeah. both doing what's known as a hardcore nuzlocke. So in yeah. addition to first Pokemon in every area, if a Pokemon faints, it dies. No items in battle, so none of those potions or things that are supposed to help you, yeah. like designed to help you. Um. Oh shoot. What are the What are the Oh. Um. No duplicates. Uh, meaning yeah. that you, know, you catch a Rattata or the Rattata dies, which has happened to both of us tragically. Yes. Uh, you can't find another Rattata. Um, what are the What are the other rules that we're doing right now? So the other big one for um, a hardcore Nuzlocke is you can't overlevel the gym leaders. Oh, yeah. There so each, each gym leader, if you're not familiar with Pokemon games in general, in a Pokemon region, generally, a couple of the games have varied from this formula. But as a general rule in a Pokemon game, there's eight gyms. And each gym leader has a, a couple Pokemon, like two to four Pokemon, I think, is generally the, the thing. I think maybe sometimes they have five, almost never six, which is ridiculous. But... um. Every single one of them is going to have one Pokemon that is a higher level than the other Pokemon that it has. And so, yeah, they're ace. So for the the no overleveling rule, you're, you're only allowed to get your Pokemon up to the level of the gym leader's ace. Um, so if you're going up to the first gym, the first gym leader has a level 15 Pokemon and that's its highest level. All of your Pokemon are only allowed to be at level 15. Uh, if they go over, you can't use them. 
If they go over, they are considered dead and must be put in the box until the level cap increases for the following gym, which only happens after you beat the current gym. So, I mean, it really is just, like, how many ways can you inconvenience yourself and yeah. stack the deck against you in these children's <laughs> games, too? And it to does, make like, it, like, super in, fun. In a standard Nuzlocke run, honestly, there are enough ways to sort of get around the rule set where wiping completely, like, to the point where you go up against a hard fight, you lose all your Pokemon, you go release all six of those, you get another six Pokemon from your box and then go back in and fight again and you lose. Like, there, there's... That's actually not that easy to lose. Like, obviously, if you're not prepping for it, then, then that's just going to happen. But if you're grinding up all of those Pokemon and you're using your items in battle and you're using all of the tools that are, uh, that are given to you in a Pokemon game... Odds are you're probably going to make it through that that run. It's yeah. it's not that easy to actually wipe uh, in a in a standard Nuzlocke run. It just makes it a little more interesting and engaging <laughs> and like a little more problem solving involved. With the runs that we're doing, the hardcore run, the other big rule is that if you if you white out at any point in time, you're if done. you ever lose a Pokemon battle at all then you have to start over. It's that's a full that's a full reset. You're not allowed to go back to the PC, train up a new team. That's that that one's a tough rule. That makes it so like uh it's extremely no, easy to lose up. this run. <laughs> like <laughs> So it's I love the the experiential difference between like going through like, oh I'm exploring this world of Pokemon where humans and Pokemon live, you know, oh, would you like to battle? Well sure. Well I wonder what you have. None of that. You're like Oh, you, youngster Jerry, I know everything about you. I know your name, shoe size, and social security number, let alone what your Pokemon are going to do. But what I do know, and what I know most specifically, is how I'm going to take each one out. (laughs) I know exactly what you're going to lead with. I know exactly what move it's going to use against my lead Pokemon. You're fucking done, Jerry. You're fucking done. Better than you know yourself, Jerry. Yeah. I'll battle if that's how we're going to call this massacre. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute murder that's about to happen here. But that's where a lot of the fun is like, you know, like prepping so you can have that epic moment where you take that motherfucker down. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing also is I, I think the most epic moment in my run so far, the one that I'm currently in, I'm doing a, I'm doing a Nuzlocke run of Emerald. I think we said that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing a Gen 3 game. Yep. Um, and there is a rival battle when you like very, very late in the game. This is this current run. I'm the second farthest that I've made it so far. I've reset the game three times. Um, one of the times I made it very far into the elite four, which is like the final stretch of, of, uh, of boss battles. Basically, um, there's four elite four members and then a champion fights. There's five people you have to fight, uh, basically in succession, uh, without any any real ability to break or heal or anything like that in between, unless you have healing items, in which case you're you're allowed to do that in between. Um, but I'm the two runs ago, I made it all the way to the fourth elite four member. So I was I lost that run in the second to last battle of the run. So that hurt very badly. But this run, I have made it the second farthest so far, so I'm going up to that final that final stretch of, of boss battles. And last night, I had, like, one of my best, like, proudest moments of this entire run where I ran into a boss fight that I was not prepared for, which was harrowing. Like, as Scary soon as that as battle hell. started, I was like, I looked... I have, I have some online resources that I use. I looked at the team that he had... And for people who who know the games, it was the fight against Wally in Victory Road. We just like comes out of nowhere and nowhere. Like, hey man, I know you're in like a super tough place right now. Mind if I kick your ass? You yeah. know, like Mind if I like, show you oh, your whole for nothing. ass? Yeah. <laughs> so I was not prepared for this fight. I was not. Uh, he had. I think he had Pokemon that were leveled above mine at the time. Uh, which he has not did. happened in this run uh, up until this point because I, I was very careful to be like grinding up to the fights. Uh, and I had a, I had a, a Pokemon that was severely under leveled because I was using it for HMs. 
which for people who don't know Pokemon, it, there's certain Pokemon moves that allow you to traverse the the map of Pokemon. Uh, like they're they're you're allowed to use these moves in the overworld. Like there's a move called Surf, which allows your Pokemon to carry you on water, and like you don't get access to that to game surf, until later, if you will. Right, you, it allows it allows you to surf. Um, there's cut, which like there's trees throughout the game that hide secret items behind them. And when you get cut, you can sort of circle back to those areas to like cut down the trees to get back to the items you missed. Um, so HMs are sort of peppered throughout the game. Um, and so I had I one Pokemon that was just being used. All of those HMs are like cut yeah. to cut down trees, strength <laughs> to strength boulders out of the way, surf to surf on the water, rock flash smash, to make a flash to uh, smash the rocks. It smashes <laughs> rocks uh, is what that does. Um, oh my god! But so I had a Pokemon on my team that was like twenty levels too low for this fight, uh, just because I was using it for surf and waterfall, uh, and so I was like, I, I'm so severely underprepared for this fight. Uh, I ended up losing two Pokemon, but considering his Ace is an extremely high level psychic type Pokemon, that at this point. There's not that many answers for in this game. I made it out alive just by like the that real time in the moment strategizing with like looking at all of my options in my team. And there was absolutely a world in which I wiped to that fight. And oh yeah, I was there for the end of that. That was yeah, it was a tense, tense couple of moments. It was you put a super, bunch of hours super scary. in these games. Oh, it's a ton of hours. And you just gotta it, like uh, hit the reset button. Yep. rack them up. Yep. And I've had to do that a couple times in like really shitty spots. Uh, and honestly, that would have been so rough too because this that fight happens story wise, like chronologically, immediately after the eighth gym battle, which the run immediately before this one, I wiped to the eighth gym leader. So I wiped to the yeah, eighth like gym one, leader. One story <laughs> beat further. I'm just, I'm just inching my way forward with each oh attempt. So losing there would have really, really hurt. Like, yeah, you beat the eighth gym, but then you immediately died after that. And in mine right now, I'm I'm at this fork in the road for all of us who remember Pokemon and its kids uh, between Koga and Sabrina. So you, it's funny you mentioned psychic types because uh, even in um, Gen 3, where Fire Red takes place, there's only the Gen 1 Pokemon. So there are no dark types for me to deal with. Right. The only three counters against ghost types are also half poison, which make them weak to the very thing they're supposed to be good against. So (laughs) that's my thing right now. But luckily, you know, like being the big, smart, psychic-y nerds that they are, you can just beat them with physical attacks (laughs) and that that takes them down. So John and I were talking earlier, like strategizing generally, like, okay, I think I'm going to do this and, you know, do Koga first and then run to Sabrina, get that out of the way because their Pokemon are the exact same level. Uh, all right, and I think if I only level up certain Pokemon, they won't be out of the running for the other fight. So it's all of this like running through it as many times as you can before you actually you know commit to the button presses yeah. to you know to pull it off. Oh God, I've been I've I had I have so many like looking at my screen right now. I have so many tabs open for this run, even though I'm not actively playing. I just have these ready to go. I have a Pokemon damage calculator, which, like, you can put in your Pokemon's level and its nature, which changes the stats a little bit. You could put in its held item, with which could change things damage-wise. You put in the moves that it has. And then you can put in an enemy Pokemon, and you can sort of calculate the different damage ranges and optimize uh, the moves that you're going to do. Again, if you're... If you're a Pokemon fan and you've heard of Nuzlocks and you want to try this, I do not suggest doing what Taylor and I are doing right now. Uh, it is very punishing and you will wipe uh, and you will have to start over from the beginning. And if that's not something that you can handle emotionally, I get that. It is very difficult. Yeah. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop because I have not wiped yet and I know it's coming because yeah. each time I fight the rival... You know, like, uh, so I've I've only lost Pokemon so far. Well, once I lost to poor Rattata to a, a random encounter. But, like, each time I fight the rival, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty confident for this. Like, damn it, Gary? Gary? Fucking You're Gary. Really kicking my ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, I, I've already wiped. So I have an emulator on my PC and an emulator on my phone uh, for Game Boy Advance. And I moved, I was doing so well on my Emerald Nuzlocke, the one that I'm st- that I'm going on right now, that I wanted to transfer it to my PC so I could stream it to the Discord because I thought people would get kick out of it. Um, but then once I did that, 
I wanted to have another emulator run going on my phone so that I could play like on my downtime during work. So uh, I started up since I knew Taylor was doing Fire Red. I wanted to see how the other half lived, and I wanted to try a Nuzlocke of uh, of the Gen Leaf 3 Green. remakes of Gen 1, uh, which are Fire Red and Leaf Green. So I, I booted up Leaf Green, and that is a hard Nuzlocke. I, I don't know if it's just because I don't know the generation as well as I do Gen 3 um, or what it is, but, like, I've, I have already wiped uh, once. I've already reset one time on that run because I I lost too Where many Pokemon it? early on. Oh, it was to Misty, right? It was to Misty, yeah. It was yeah, the, literally sucks. the second gym fight. for the. F I, I rolled Charmander, which everyone obviously gets very excited about Charmander because Charizard's dope, and they've they've used it for a lot of promotional material. It's on the cover. It's on the cover. Uh, but it's actually, like, the hardest Pokemon to start with, especially in a run like this, because the first thing about the first gym is Brock. That's all rock types. Rock is good against fire. So you better pick up something else so you can basically leave your Charmander at home because it's not going to be any help to you in Brock's gym. No. Uh, and then... Misty's gym is immediately after that, which is a water type gym. And that's an even easier, like, I think everybody in the world who, even people who have never played a Pokemon game in their life, I think would guess that water is good against fire. <laughs> like you're, you're dead. You're super dead. Hello, we're back. This episode was recorded a long time ago, but we're very excited to, to for it to be out on the air. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun with uh, Nuzlocke's. Still, this is several weeks after recording, uh, and the Discord is still ablaze with uh, with Nuzlocke content. So uh, all of this is still applicable, uh, except just uh, add a couple weeks of, of time to all of this. Thank you again to Taylor for joining me for this episode. It was super fun to, to geek out on Pokemon. Uh, and if you're wondering if we're just going to continue geeking out about uh, our own specific Nuzlocke runs, there is some good uh, general Nuzlocking advice that I put at the uh, towards the end of the episode. So if you're looking to get into Nuzlocks, keep on listening through to the end. There is some actually good advice in there. And if you don't like want to listen to this, you want to get started and you want the advice now, there is uh, that same advice that I talk about later is uh, in one of our Discord chats on the Outlaws Network Discord, which you can find uh, in the link of the in the description of this episode. Let's get to the music. We are very excited to be featuring this week independent post-punk band from the UK called Tricky Susan. The song you're about to hear is called Grab. It was a release from 2021, and it's super, super awesome. Thank you so much to Tricky Susan for your support in keeping our show going the way we want it to be with lots of great music all the time. Without further ado, please enjoy Grab by Tricky Susan.
secure in all that you can give me your leftover So I rolled Charmander. I've actually rolled Charmander now three times. Um, I Dag. did I wipe again? I did. I did wipe again. Actually, no. I think oh I just God. reset. I I, oh, okay. I I I wiped to Misty and then I started a new one. And I I think I just like really fucked up the first couple encounters and was like, this isn't even worth it. So I just I I opted to reset instead of actually waiting to wipe. If you know, you know, like right, oh, exactly. Is, like when, when you've done this enough, long. you just know. Yeah. Like especially in a in this game, your your encounters early game in in Fire Red and Leaf Green are so few. You like you don't have a lot of options. I think you get to the first gym with four total encounters, four or five. Yeah. So you don't even have a full party by the time you get to the first gym. Some of which will help you. Um, yeah. Some of which will not. See, both times I've made it to the first gym so far, I have managed to roll a Mankey, which for people who don't know is a fighting type. And fighting types are really good against rock type. So that's how I've gotten through um, through Brock so easily two times. Uh, but, I mean, it was sheer luck. I mean, I, I wouldn't have had yeah. really any answers besides that. You... You do see a little bit of how they design these games yes. um, by giving you certain like certain answers because like every single Pokemon except for Rattata, Spiro, and Pidgey is a te- is a possible answer to Brock. All of which you you can get before the the first gym. So like yeah. uh, the Nidorans, both male and female, both learn Double Kick, which is a fighting type. Yeah, uh, it's not strong, but it is there for you. All three, uh, well, at least Squirtle and um, Bulbasaur, obviously work really well against it. But also in Gen three, they gave Metal Claw at level eleven to Charmander as like yeah. another, like another, which is a steel like type move, and option. steel is good against rock. Yeah, yeah. So it, like you can, it's fun. You you begin to see what their mindset was when they were scripting out these encounters uh, and fights. It's very interesting how the more you learn about the actual physical game that you're playing. Uh, the just the more you're in the heads of the developers like I was I was fighting uh, the like y- you start to see the uh, the barriers that they've put in your way that you wouldn't otherwise think about when you're doing a casual playthrough because in a casual playthrough you're just like okay I'm just gonna take I the team that I have it. and I'm just gonna go see if it works because there's no there's no downside to that there's no punishment obviously like you you die okay then you immediately spawn back at the pokemon center and then you'd go try again so you're not really thinking about like the optimal strategy um the seventh gym fight in gen three is a battle uh it's a double battle which is uh, very unique i think it starts in gen three double battles starts do. In gen three where on each side of the battlefield, you're allowed to have two Pokemon out at any given time. So predicting AI movement in that scenario becomes infinitely harder. Um, you just you have to like hope that you've guessed correctly as to what of their Pokemon is going to attack which one of your Pokemon and with what move. Um, so that's already a hard fight. On top of that, they use weather effects. I kind of think it's the first gym fight in that's in in these games that uses weather effects um but there's a sunny move called day, um 
Flannery doesn't use Sunny Day. I thought she sets that up. She absolutely does. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So you've seen Sunny Day earlier on uh, in the run uh, with the fourth gym fight in Flannery. It's a fire type gym. Sunny Day, uh, it creates harsh sunlight over the battlefield for five turns, which boosts the attack of fire moves and it uh, reduces the the attack power of water type moves. Um, and what it also does is for some grass types, Grass types learn Solar Beam. Solar Beam uh, needs one full turn to charge up before it can attack. Not but, always. But if Sunny Day is active, you don't need to charge it up. You can just fire it off. It's an extremely powerful grass type move. Uh, and so this this whole seventh gym fight is sort of based around that. They're trying to set up Sunny Day so that they can get off free Solar Beams on your Pokemon. The trick is, is the like my mind immediately goes to, okay, they're trying to set up weather effects. What weather effects can I set up myself to try and like negate that to keep that from happening? And I'm thinking rainy, uh, rain dance, rain dance. It does. It's a move that makes rain and it increases the power of water and it decreases the power of fire. So I was like, okay, I'll just get, I'll just get rain dance. And then I looked it up and you're not allowed to you're not able to get to the area that rain dance is in until you are able to use an hm out of battle that you are that you, you gain to access gym. to after this fight like yeah. they they literally blocked it off for this specific fight and it's you just realize those little like blockades that you you don't really notice until then because in a casual playthrough you're just not you're not always trying to think like super st- like what is the best way I can conquer this gym. You're just like no, I'll just I'll throw my way over leveled starter at it and it'll be fine. I'll just get through it. What I've realized about the the first game is that there's a significant like tonal shift between the first four and the and the latter four gym leaders. Mm-hmm. So in the first one, they kind of like they give you an answer pretty easily. Like you've got all those answers a- answers meaning like Pokemon that are like kind of not designed to be used for this, but like hey stupid here's the pokemon you should use for this gym like brock you've got the nidorans and um you know two of the three starters or all three of the starters if you want in gen three you've got like all the bug type pokemon which learn a lot of status moves that could be helpful in no uh in two you get a pikachu in the viridian forest but you also get an oddish right above misty's gym uh or bell yeah bell sprout also yeah same typing uh Lieutenant Surge is right next to Diglett Cave. Diglett's a very fast uh, ground-type Pokemon. And then right before um, Celadon City, where Erica, the fourth gym leader, the grass gym leader, is on Route 15, is the first time you can catch Growlithe, like the first like fire-type Pokemon you want. You can also get an Eevee in Celadon, um, which you can turn into a Flareon if you want. But after that, like the game really significantly shifts. The next two gym leaders are at the same level, so you don't really know which one you're supposed to go to, and the game kind of, like, just opens up. Like, a lot of the map opens up at once. Um, You can go to, like, yeah, Fuchsia City, Saffron City, all at the same time. You don't know who you're supposed to fight. There's a Safari Zone. There's, like, the rockets you have to deal with at the same time, and then, you know, you got to figure all this out. And then you can hit the last two, who are really the big challenges. Um, Blaine and Giovanni. By that time, you know figure it out you've learned we've taught you enough but uh, yeah I like, I like that shift in challenge and i really felt it this time because i was kind of like oh you know this is working out really well and i'm at the place where i am now like well damn i have to really <laughs> think about this and what to do in what order so i don't one screw myself or two get too powerful so i can't fight these these gym battles yep so it's thread so, the needle. It's a lot of fun. Oh my god, it's fun. So it's it's an incredible amount of fun, and I I I want to wrap up here because we're I I'm I yeah. fear myself getting too deep in the weeds <laughs> for like uh if someone is actually listening to this being like okay these guys are just going to talk about their nose runs um but what I do want to share is uh and I knew this as soon as we talked about this like about doing this as a potential topic for downtime. I was like, you know, I'm going to get really in the weeds with giving actual advice, which is like not the brand of downtime. <laughs> but if, if you're here looking for actual advice for Nuzlocks, I, I wrote a list of like tips that I have for people who are, are doing Nuzlocke challenges. Be a reader, not a speeder. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. That's a huge one. 
Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these tips that I that I wrote for the members of our Discord. I put these in our resources channel, um, so you can reread them if you join the Discord. But which you should uh, at the start. Uh, you kind of have to pick your rule set. So that that's a whole other part of it is picking your rule set. You can go with just the two base rules with a, an optional like nicknaming rule, or you can, you can do as many rules as you want. If you go on the discord, you can see um, everyone who's currently running a, a Nuzlocke has uh, their exact rule set written in the runs channel, um, which is very fun to see like the different things that people are doing. Um, but picking your rule set is important. We both randomize our starter because, like, Nuzlocke run, I mean, you get a random Pokemon from each route. Why shouldn't your starter be random? Um, gotta make it hard. <clears throat> gotta make it harder. Because there is there is usually an optimal starter for any generation of Pokemon. Um, for a Nuzlocke run, generally the hardest bits are going to be the early stages where you don't have a lot of Pokemon to play with yet because you've only gotten one from each route and, like you're kind of blocked by the first gym before you can move on to the next area. So you're very limited on options at that point in the game. So your starter pick is really crucial. Um, so I would just do some research on what people generally think the best starter for that region is. If your rule set allows for picking a starter, um, that's, that's one. If you're running gen one, what would you say? Bulbasaur is generally the best one for the first two gyms. Definitely the, yeah, t uh, traditionally Bulbasaur is the easy mode, uh, Squirtle, yeah. Threads of the Needle, and uh, Charmander if you want the challenge. Yeah. So Bulbasaur is really good. But Gen that falls two... apart really after the first four gyms, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know too much about Gen 2. I feel like uh, at a certain point, uh, fire Totodile types become... easy. Yeah. Um, and then I think, like, I think they switch. Um yeah, Totodile is easy. Chikorita is also easy, but uh, Cinequil is where you have a little bit more challenge. Yeah, which, yeah, makes sense. Um, the The reason why fire types would be intriguing is mostly because of the the lack of fire types in Pokemon games. Like, it, it's very sparse. Generally, uh, yeah. In terms of fire types. So that's, that's one reason to pick a fire type, um, just for coverage's sake. But... Uh, Gen three Mudkip is the by far the easiest Pokemon to go with. Okay. Uh, it just it makes so much of the early game super easy. Um, but yeah, so that that's a good tip. Uh, just do some research on what the best starter is to start out with. Next tip I have is when you first set out on your on your on your game on your run and you encounter that first like level two Pokemon with at this time your starter is probably a level six because generally you have a a rival fight that bumps you up one level from level five where you usually get your starter. So your level six Pokemon can pretty easily crit and kill your level two to four encounters. So just be very mindful of that. Um, honestly, with those early encounters, there's really not any reason to damage them at all. Those, those easy first Pokemon in those first couple routes the catch rate for them are usually high enough where you can just throw a Pokeball. You might have to throw a couple of them, but you're probably going to catch it without having to do any damage. And it's not really worth losing that early encounter when, when like as, like we said before with the Gen 1, it's it's you have so few encounters to begin with. Why would you risk critting one of them with your starter and killing it and just losing an encounter for that route? So just keep that in mind. Uh, it, it might be wiser to just throw a Pokeball and, and hope that it, it stays in because it probably will. Again, something that I would <clears throat> never do in a normal run. No. Uh, it's just like throw a ball and pray. Yeah. It's like, that's why, why would I do? No, I'm just going to, I'm going to get this down to the smallest sliver of health that I possibly can. And then I'm going to catch yeah. it and it's going to feel really good. Um, but that's Happened not to me the other day. Not the optimal. Uh, yeah, no, I tried to get a Snorlax, and luckily there are two in Gen 1 that you can futz with. But the first one, like, yeah, this is all going really well. I got it down to, like, just a tiny little bit, and I killed it. And I killed it. Damn and it. it's... And Damn it's, it. Oh, fuck. Damn it. And it's gone forever. <laughs> yep. And that one, that's, like, that's a real that's thing just, just from Gen 1. Like, Gen, that doesn't respawn. Like, that is no. truly your only encounter, and that's, like, an in-game thing. <laughs> Yeah, you get two shots. And in, in Gen yeah. 3, like, there are two abilities, so one's going to have one, one might have the other. So if you catch the wrong one, sorry. Yep. Um, play around crits. This is a big one uh, for, for surviving your Nuzlocke's. If, you're, if your Pokemon takes a hit, you have to really be watching your health bar. Like, you want to watch the number, 
whenever you're in like a hard, a difficult fight, as soon as you go in, take note of what what your health is at, like the literal number, and then as soon as you take a hit from from the enemy Pokemon, do the math. <laughs> it's just like just do some quick math to figure out how much damage you just took, and. If your Pokemon is able to take one of them, another shot from that same move, but not two, then you should probably get out of there. Because crit, a critical hit is, it's a 1 in 16 chance to happen, and it will happen a lot throughout your game. 1 in 16 chance are not that hard, and basically every damaging move in the game has a potential to crit 1 in 16 chance. So you're gonna get crit, just just sometimes. Yeah, like, and if you're if you're 16... in, if you take half damage from something or a little less than half damage, so you're like, okay, I can take one more of those hits, not from a crit. You're gonna die to a crit. So like, if if you have nothing else to switch into in your back pocket, then maybe it's worth it to risk getting crit to to keep that Pokemon in. But just be mindful that crits exist and they are going to happen, and you might lose a Pokemon or two to them if you're not playing you... around them. Yeah, I've gotten so incredibly conservative because if you think yeah. about it, like 100 divided by 16 is 6.25%. Mm-hmm. That is more likely than the nat 20 when you're playing D&D. Yeah. By 1.21 and a quarter percent. Holy so shit. So you think about like, oh, wow, that happens. You know, like, oh, man, nat 1s and nat 20s sure do happen at weird moments. Like, yeah, and it's more likely that this is going to happen to you. Yeah. And it cuts through any defense, like all that, like your defense is higher not not for a critical hit no it's oh, not oh it yeah goes, yeah that's an, so, that, i didn't even realize i didn't read all the way through the tip that i had written uh but yeah if yeah if critical hits bypass any stat changes so there's like there's moves in the game that can raise your attack stat temporarily for that fight and and so on and so forth and you can raise your defense also but if you raise your defense and you get hit by a crit it bypasses that defense raise <clears throat> so you did it for nothing. You did never, it for nothing. Never change your own stats. <laughs> Only attack. Only Always attacking. be attacking. <laughs> Abba. <laughs> um, another thing is berries are really, really good. Held items are really good. Don't ever go into a, a hard boss battle without a held item on each and every one of your Pokemon, even if it's just an Oran berry. Oran berries are... The, when your health gets low enough, your your Pokemon will just automatically eat the berry and gain 10 HP. It's not that much, especially later in the game, but it's worth it. If you don't have anything else on your Pokemon, there's no reason not to just throw a berry on there. Berries are extremely so good. Of the berries you all just get. Yeah, you right. Get so few of them in Fire Red because, yep. you know, they weren't originally there. So I had to have a Meowth for a bit, like picking them up for me and hoping oh, that I would yeah. get one. Um, be careful about using emulator speed ups and frame skips. Um, so when you're using an emulator, especially for a run like this, it's actually really good to use speed up strats, mostly for grinding because there's a lot of grinding to get your Pokemon up to level. Uh, and these Pokemon games run really slow, uh, because they're not designed to be this very like quick slapdash experience. Uh, they're designed to be sort of like slow going fun uh, experiences when but the problem with frame skips and and speed ups is that if you do it during a battle like especially in like a boss battle or anything like that there's a lot of text boxes oh, yeah. that say really important things that you're gonna miss out on so as as useful as speed up strats during like during while you're using an emulator are a lot more fun and a, and a, and super easy and and they make a lot of parts of the game a lot more palatable uh, it's really dangerous. You will lose Pokemon to like uh, the. You got confused by confusion is a status thing in Pokemon that makes you hit yourself and do damage to yourself. You could miss that uh, in in like the speed up, and you could accidentally self hit instead of instead of uh, maybe switching. You would probably switch your Pokemon out and not even have that be a possibility uh, if you saw that text box. So there's and there's a ton a ton of things that could just slip by uh if you're going too fast so make sure to be be wary of using your speed ups during battle and then the last thing that i have uh in this in in these tips that i put on our discord is it's just have fun like if it's not fun change your rules like it's a self-imposed rule set you do not have to feel stressed about like completing the challenge as you said you would when you started like 
if you're not having fun, stop. Like, don't don't do this to yourself. It's a we we inflict pain on ourselves by doing this. But if it gets if it gets to the point where like I'm just not having fun doing this, if it's not worth it, if like the releasing the Pokemon is too hard for you and you don't like it, then don't do it. Like you don't have to. You don't have to do this. <laughs> it will st- if you are interested in it. Doing it with friends makes it way easier. Yes, we have, uh, we have a a channel in the Discord right now called Lavender Town where we yep. memorialize each Pokemon <laughs> that doesn't make it because we're idiots. <laughs> so, but it's, a, it's I don't know. It's a lot of fun to do. It's, it's a, a ton It's of fun, fun to do challenging stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's it is super fun to do it with friends. It's a lot. I think that's primarily the reason why i've been able to do that because i've been going through and attempting nuzlocks on and off for years at this point um but i've never i don't think i'd i I had only completed i think one single nuzlocke run before because i don't i actually don't think i've ever done a standard nuzlocke i've always done some variation of a, a hardcore nuzlocke um but i've only ever completed one and the rest of them i didn't even finish like i would just start them and then life would get in the way and I would forget that I started it and then it would just fall out. Um, but I've been so on top of these, like I've gotten through several attempts at this run that I'm doing now. And I don't think that would have happened if I didn't have other people that were like interested who were chatting about it and like doing their own runs and talking about them. So honestly, I would, I would say if you have any interest in doing this, join our discord because I I don't know how long we're going to keep doing this Nuzlocke thing in the discord. I feel like at a certain point we'll all, we'll, we'll all move on to another thing and we'll start playing other games together. But at least for right now, it's fucking Pokemon central up in the discord. (laughs) So (laughs) it is. Yeah, it is the pokey palace. It's, it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're, if you're interested at all, pop in the, like get in the link in the description, join our discord. Um, it's got everybody in it who's ever been on an Outlaws Network show. Um, and a lot of us are talking Pokemon a lot of the time. So if you're interested, odds are you can hop in a chat with us and talk to us about our like our rule sets and what rule set you want to do and what game you want to run. Uh, we have a lot of game knowledge between the, the few of us that are that are doing this right now. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we have like late night, late night sessions where everybody's like grinding up for a gym fight. Last night was, we had super fun. We had like four, like four to six people at any given time, just hanging out, just grinding for their own gym fights and, and chatting and making jokes. It was, it's, it's super fun. So definitely join the discord regardless, but especially if you're into Pokemon and you're interested in doing your own Nuzlocke run. Yeah. If you're into overcomplicating something that you remember kind of liking as a kid, boy howdy, is this an activity for you? <laughs> if you want hey, remember to how turn much fun... this childhood joy into full-on pain. Remember how much fun it was to play uh, Pokemon on long car rides? Now imagine yourself in an office and there's ten times more reading. No, isn't that? Isn't, isn't that what you're into? <laughs> isn't that good? Do you wanna do you wanna agonize over every single keystroke that you make in this in this children's game? Try a Nuzlocke. <laughs> Try a Nuzlocke. <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely. Do you enjoy getting 99% of the way through an incredibly difficult task only to start over at zero again? <laughs> Try Nuzlocke. Try Nuzlocke. Not <laughs> really selling it here, but it's, it's no, it's very fun. No, it's super fun. fun. It's it really. It's I, fun, I promise. Yeah. I promise. It makes see those those few deaths that happen throughout your run. It's like you're you're always working to like avenge them. It it does. They get they get plot lines. Also, if you're looking for other other uh, other content, um, I would say. Uh, a really like one of some of my favorite videos of Nuzlocke uh, of Nuzlocke attempts from, from like content creators. First of all, um, the, the person that got me into Nuzlocke in the first place was Griffin McElroy uh, of the McElroy family of products. He did a Nuzlocke run of, of Pokemon Y a long time ago, like I think in 2016 or something. And that whole series is incredibly fun to watch. And Griffin is so talented at just like creating narrative with basically anything that's put in front of him. And not to mention, like we've said, I think Nuzlocke's generally lend themselves well to narrative. So that's a really good series to look up. Then also Jaden Animations. Uh, Jaden Animations is a content creator and uh, they sometimes do... Uh, 
they've done a few streams, a stream series of their of their Nuzlocke runs, and after the the run is complete, they'll go back and they'll animate like really beautiful um uh, like cartoon animations of the Great. scenes throughout their Nuzlocke run, and then during really tense moments, they'll cut back to game footage, but it's only those like couple moments where like they got hit really hard and got cut down to like a sliver of health or when they've lost a Pokemon at a really crucial moment. Those are the only times that it cuts back to game footage. The rest of it is fully animated and the animation is so well done and it, it lends so much character to the Pokemon uh, like all with the facial expressions and everything and with how like how good they're doing in battle. Um, it really it creates an extremely good story. Uh, and I could not recommend that enough. So Jaden Animations is another one. Her videos you know, are incredible. What I'm realizing it really is, it's it's for the type of people who love like an interactive story. It's yeah. uh, who want to like, you know, the same drive that like goes into creating the collective story in something like D and D or a tabletop role playing game. For sure. I feel like that same itch is scratched to doing it this way. Because we get yeah. to tell these fun stories more like like we all know the form, so you get to skip through a lot of the details and just go through the highlights and that, you know, the rest of the narrative is kind of um, you know, filled in for everyone who's hearing it it's great yeah like my ratata died like what do you mean just fucking heal it what do you why are you so upset like no i'm gonna no this is what happened like you go through the whole fight i i have never played a pokemon game where i could where i've like won or lost a fight and then could immediately go back into the other room and tell you beat for beat like turn for turn exactly what happened i like every single major fight in these runs is imprinted in my brain and i i don't know i i like that sort of thing but anyway yeah and it's awesome it's i fun. i love it try it's been a so much run. fun seriously lock down some nuz in your life lock and down some you know, nuz some hardcore nuz you're not gonna be <laughs> you're not gonna be disappointed you're not gonna be disappointed um all right yeah it's I would uh, I would like to thank Ethan Gustafson for the use of his uh, music as our intro and outro theme. You can find more work from Ethan at somepointsound.com. I would also like to thank Natalie Spitzel for the use of her art as our cover art. You can find more work from Natalie uh, at nataliespitzel.com or at nms underscore creative on social media. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you so much for filling in for Emily. Thank you for lending your, your Pokemon knowledge uh uh, to mine, I'm sure it would have been way less interesting to just listen to me ramble about Pokemon <laughs> by myself. LOL. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Anytime. I love coming on um, to downtime and be an honorary dip Downy sibling. And I will be a Downy you sibling. You will be a Downy eventually. sibling. <laughs> so it will be. Uh, it's always, always a pleasure. And I love, you know, I have years and years of this sort of knowledge. And it's nice to be able to apply it somewhere. Right. In some way, shape, or form. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, absolutely. So John and I are both playing a 5e game of D&D that happens once a month. We took the month of uh, May off because there was a lot going on. John's getting married. Mazel tov. Thank you. Um, but come June, uh, we will be entering to sort of the last act of our uh, homebrew 5e campaign. It's an original story that I wrote that John uh, and Brian and Emily, also from the Outlaws Network, are playing through. It's fun. It's intense. We just saw a god who has been our friend and the creator of the world that we are in um, viciously murdered. Yeah. So that's where you could come into the story. The stakes are high. It's a high level, uh, sorry, high intensity campaign with the low level characters, which I always find to be a fun combination of things because you have yeah. to be creative. So a lot of role playing, a lot of story. It's a lot of fun. It is called Aprioria, and it happens usually once a month, first weekend of the month. And that, you can find that on twitch.tv slash the Outlaws Network. You can check out our Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv slash the Outlaws Network. You can check that out uh, through the link tree uh, in the description. That's where you can find our Discord again. Uh, that's where you can find our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel. And you can also find all of the links to all of the shows on the Outlaws Network. Uh, including the bloody stream which is our sister podcast that's a, a horror movie review podcast they have an unpretentious rating system that uh is more based off of as not like how good the, the film vibes. is it's more of a, it, it's really based off of like how likely you are to recommend a movie to friends which i think is so much more important than anything else 
Um, it has nothing to do with quality or like uh, or how expensive the movie was to put on. It's just all about how likely you are to recommend it, and I love that rating system. So, uh, and they do a lot of. It's an extremely well formatted show. Definitely go check them out at at thebloodystream.com and also at bloodystreampod on social media. Do you do you know Emily sign off? Do you want to do Emily sign off? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and I'm Emily Down <laughs> Al Roker. I will fight you. Keep that button hot. You went back to the old. I'm, I'm into it. Oh, though. I did? It's, no, it's a good callback. <laughs> oh, keep those A and B, occasionally L and R buttons hot for your <laughs> Nuzlocke. <laughs> oh.